Here we are, week sixteen of the Premier League in the bag. It's been a uh, it's been a busy busy time in the Prem with midweek games and weekend games and lots happening, lots happening. I know Jimmy's happy. Jimmy, how are mm. you? It's been a, a the last eight days have been you know what a whirlwind. It's been a it's been good. Uh, there's a there's a lot of Kool Aid being uh, drank by other. Uh, fans of my ilk that, that like to uh, talk on microphones. Um, I, I will not be that, that, that level, but you know what? Like great results in December and, you know, dreamland is just dreamland right now. Yeah. It's been, uh, it's been fun to watch just probably because we kicked up the pod in premier league talk again. I've been paying attention to both Villa more and Brighton more just like in the old days when I used to pay attention to, uh, Manchester United more. Brad got me into Tottenham back in the day. So, uh, yeah, it's been fun to see Villa kill it, even if it's at our own expense sometimes. (laughs) Uh, Jake, how are you? Uh, Well, not as good as you two, but uh, I'm doing okay. Um, it's, it's It's been a weird ride through the Premier League this year. Yeah, what'd you do uh, over the course of the mid midweek and weekend here? Uh, worked, worked and worked, um, missed my games this week. Uh, just a, uh, combination of just residual feeling from being sick and then just sort of like a mental health thing where I was like, I just don't feel like going today. So, you know, I'm glad you took the chance to, uh, tell us about yourself personally, but I was really asking about Brighton. Oh, (laughs) oh, you want me to get into that? Okay. So (laughs) mid, mid week. My name's Jake. I like long walks on the beach. Uh, yeah, I meant you guys beat uh, Brentford 2-1. Yes. And then you tied Burnley over the weekend. So that's definitely a bad result. The yes. Second, second from the bottom, Burnley. Um, the Brentford game was, uh, was, was pretty fun uh, once we got going. It's uh, more of the same. Can't, can't keep a clean sheet. Haven't had a clean sheet all season. Uh, give up a penalty. Um, in the 27th minute, and then uh, Gross and Hinchelwood both get goals. Um, Hinchelwood off a Gross assist, actually. Um, he's, I think Gross at this point is one of the top assist guys, or just, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, big, uh, chance creator. He's one gotcha, of the top yeah. chance creators in the, yep. uh, the Premier League right now. Uh, Hinchelwood is really starting to surprise me. I think Deserby's starting to build up a trust in the kid, which is fun to see. What's his deal? He's Academy kid? Academy kid, yeah. Um, 18 years old, English. Um, He's been with us, I believe, since 2021. It looks like that uh, was his fifth appearance since uh, 2022. was his first appearance. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, England England under-19 player, so... Uh, he's got some potential, but um, kind of crazy that both of our goal scorers are in that game as fullbacks. So a um, little bit weird, but uh, just good deserve ball. 62% of the ball, uh, 526 passes to 279 passes. The, uh, the, the penalties that were given up are st- starting to be a little irritating. It's just more of the, uh, as Deserby says, stupid, stupid chances that we're giving up. And then the, uh, 
the Burnley match, that was just it it we probably should have won probably like five to one with the amount of amount of chances we create, amount amount of shots we came on or put on. Um Trapper. Yeah, I, I'm. I have it up now. You took 29 yeah. shots, 11 yeah. on goal, scored once. That is, yeah. that is crazy. 72 percent of the ball. Yeah, Trafford. I was not familiar with your game. Um, that guy just stood on his head, just ridiculous. There was like a couple that were literally point blank, like headers off the foot, all that stuff, and he was just right there. It's that's another that's another City Academy kid, yeah. Um, I'm sure. Like yes. City's Academy, City's Academy might be. I mean, it's got to be right up their top three academies in the world. That though, what they were able to produce, that like they actually, yeah, they might have pumped their way to get there, but like they're making money now, especially on all these sales and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Trafford, he was like a city loan bomb kid, like places like Accrington and Bolton. But um, yeah, he had just a ridiculous game, um, which is a little bit frustrating. Brighton kind of. Hard done in that situation, but it goes back to what I've talked about the last plus the last couple podcasts and this one is uh it's really hard to win games when you go down a goal or two to start a game off. So Brighton has to do better about getting out ahead and scoring uh first. Um it'd be nice to get a clean sheet as well, but can, can I ask you um like I understand that like Deserby had like some sort of idea about how he liked to rotate uh, the keepers. Like at this point in the season, like with all the other defensive struggles and limitations you've had, you've gotten to see these keepers play a lot of minutes. Is there anybody that's like like you know Steele should be in or Verbrugen should be in? Like, what do you what do you think? Uh, in in my personal opinion, I think it should be Verbrugen for league and steal for any sort of cup matches, including Europa. Cause he's both guys have, both guys have had decent seasons. Um, I think the goals mainly are more of a, uh, not responding to a counterattack properly. And then the, the goal against Verbruggen um, against Burnley was just an unblockable shot. That, that shot was ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I, I believe it should be Verbruggen. I, I haven't seen a lot of people being frustrated with, with rotation or whatever, but I think both guys are, are similar in a way. I think Verbruggen has more potential than Steele does. I mean, he, he started games for the Netherlands already. So, um, so yeah, leave him in for the league and have a uh, steel start any sort of cup match. So do you grow tired of the Zerby ball at this point in the season sitting at your 26 points, you're sitting in eighth, which is only seven points off of a Champions League spot. Probably, probably right in the hunt for uh, Europe, you know, Europa or uh, Europa Conference League at this point. Like, how, how you feeling about the season so far? Sixteen games in. Um, I feel good. I uh, I've tried not to get too frustrated um, with like the placement because I, I kind of knew this was coming. I mean, in one of the earlier pods, we were kind of doing predictions, and I said, you know, I'd be okay with top ten. And and I still am. Um, you see flashes of it though, where where we should be way better than we are. And I think once the injured players start coming back, I think uh, I think you'll start to see a change, uh, especially in CISO. Like you look at you look at Lalana playing that position against Burnley. It was it's ugly. Like he just couldn't find 
anyone to complete a pass to. Um, and then you guys have that. Uh, I've watched a few Brighton games. You have like yeah. the old Tottenham conundrum where it is weird to see your team with the ball so much, but then you're just lacking that final piece of creativity to put it in the net. Yeah, I think frustrating to watch though. Like I, I remember as the t- a big Tottenham supporter when that was us. It's, just, it's, it's hard to watch it. It's like uh, edging yourself and never really, <laughs> <laughs> never really getting it. <laughs> um, Ferguson, Ferguson has probably been the more frustrating player this season. Like he, he kind of had a little bit of a hot start, and then he, he's definitely slowed down. I think six goals total on the year is. For someone who's been hyped as much as he has, he really needs to finish. He was, he's he was the 18 one who, years old. And, Sorry. Yeah, yeah. He's 18. Like, the pride, the pride of Ireland already. He, uh, he, uh, he was the one, I believe, who had the point-blank header that just didn't go in. Like, got to finish that. And then, like I said, Lalana. I think it's CISO coming, coming back in January. And then we're supposed to get that Romanian winger that we sniped from Spurs. Um, he'll be in in, in January. January. Yeah. Okay. Because we, we signed him this summer, and I think he just stayed with that Romanian squad. Um, I don't remember his nice. name. It's like a free transfer at this point. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, yeah. I guess silly season's about to begin again. Yeah. All things considered, man, you guys are in, like, pretty good shape. Like, you're, you're like for as much as people are drooling over, like, Newcastle United and how good they are, you guys are tied with them in the table at 26 points. Uh, like – you're only a point behind Manchester United and only four points off of uh, off of Tottenham. Like Tottenham was leading the league like a few weeks ago. So I mean, um, I, I, I it's been a struggle, but I think you guys are good. Oh yeah, we. I mean, there there's signs. Like I said, there's signs that like the Deserby ball works. Uh, I think it was on social media today. Brighton posted that they had scored in 23 straight matches, mm-hmm. which when I first started watching the club. That's insane. Like uh, under Premier League level for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, like I said, like once the injuries start coming back, especially in CISO, who who I thought looked really really good to start the season, um, him taking that that cam spot is is going to be really good medicine for us. And then um, and then I think uh, if we could beat Marseille on Thursday, I think that's a huge confidence boost as well. So in in all reality, finishing top ten. In, in our first season on a European expedition isn't really that bad. And I think any, any Brighton fan out there that is saying otherwise is just like, you're just kind of being greedy. You know what I'm finding fun about the season in general? And it gives you guys, I mean, you are definitely not out of the hunt of even champions like at this point, everybody's dropping points. Even, you know, the top of the league is dropping points this year. I've, I've been watching for a good five, six years now. I've never seen it like this where like any given week you could see that top person lose. Like usually it's been city or Liverpool at this point in the season. And it's like stayed that way. So I'm, I'm, you know, there's hope, there's hope still for, uh, for everybody. Yeah. I was, I was, I was sitting here talking last week about how frustrated I was. Like, I was like, ah, you know, like only, you know, taking one point at, at uh, uh, Bournemouth, like a little bit disappointed, and then like they like the the run they're on, they've like won four of their last five games, like at like, in there. United at Old Trafford, yeah. yeah. Like Bourne, Bournemouth, like looks like they like figured it out, right? And they had a new coach, and like I think there's so much talent. Like even even like as much shit as we're giving to Luton Town early in the season, like they have been battling these big teams, like they really have. So like it the 
I mean, there's even Sheffield can be frustrating on their day. There's there's a lot of I mean, top to bottom, one to twenty, something wild could happen. And at this point this season, you might not be that surprised the way things have been. Yeah. yeah, like I wonder what the point total will be that wins the Premier League. I bet it's the lowest in in quite some time. Oh yeah, caught offside was talking about that. They were saying this is probably going to be the year where you don't have to have ninety seven points to win. A nice change of pace, I'd say. It's so oh, it's it's like medicine watching City loot, drop points. <laughs> I thought they were going to do it against Lutton Town again this weekend. Lutton Town took the lead in the City. They scored two goals in like four minutes, right around the 63rd minute. Yeah. Like Bernardo Silva had a goal. Can't remember who had the other one. Grealish. Grealish. Oh, did he? Yeah. Fart man. Son of a bitch. All right. All right, Michael. No, no, no. You had had uh, an up and down week, up and down the last couple weeks, but like a little bit of talking about getting a little good medicine there. Uh, How's, you know, the taste in the mouth now, like after – after what happened on Sunday. Yeah, it's uh it's a much different place than I was on Wednesday after seeing them squander yet another lead against West Ham. But if you look at it in a three-game stretch, you're talking four points out of City, West Ham, and Newcastle. You would have told me before that uh three-game stretch that would be the outcome I'd be okay with it. I wouldn't have uh gone in the order of how it happened probably, but that's that's about what I expected. So it's it's nice to see them finally take a lead, expand on the lead, keep the lead, and win the game. Because five games in a row took the lead. Those first four, they uh, dropped points in every single one of them, but they they did tie City. So to me, that's almost like a win. Um, but that was that was well needed medicine that Newcastle game. Uh, Sonny just kind of dynamic up that left-hand side, provided the assists on the first two goals where he just kind of walked in on uh, Kieran Trippier, which is a, another uh, Trippier from Spurs, of course, uh, our old right back. But beautiful assist to Udogi. Then Richarlson finally scored with his feet. and he uh, First time as a Tottenham player that he scored with his feet, and he did it twice in this game. Uh, and then also a Poro assist to, to Richie for his one goal. And Pedro Poro has just been fantastic. I mean, he is the solution at right back. And you look at the other side and you doggy young guy solution at left back. Our outside backs look fantastic all of a sudden. And when Tottenham are firing like they were against Newcastle and the how, how they have played in the first half of every single one of those losses in the Titus City, they are so electric and fun to watch. They're like free flowing. The other team can't even catch their breath or whipping around so fast. So at their best, Tottenham look like world beaters, which they showed for the first, you know, 10 games or uh, first 10 games. And then they looked like uh, very spursy for a couple games, but hopefully we, we settle into something in between and I'm hoping to fight for champions league at this point. You know, it's kind of, it seems like a fair, fair assessment, fair, fair goal. I think that you see, like, it's fun to see, like, the tactics that Postacoglu has brought in, like, the way, the positions that, like, Udogi and Poro get into, like, sometimes they're almost, like, up there, like, next to the striker, like, um, you get, like just being aggressive and attacking. And I, I think, think it's Gary guys- Neville who can't help himself but comment, Udogi's too far up, look how far up he is, he's in the most advanced position. Yeah. Like, he says it, like, ten yeah. times a game. It's like, 
don't you see that that's working you you moron yeah it drives me crazy but that, yeah that, that's a <laughs> that's a uh, good Sorry. observation i mean what else do you see you're about to say something else no i mean i think that like that's like you you see like the the way they're dynamic like that but that works when you have a solid core backs and that's why i think like early in the season where you guys had all the success where you had that that base partnership with romero and vandevin i think if you had coupled you know that their form early in the season before vandevin's injury and the current form of udogi and poro and like you're talking about firing on all cylinders like the offense is all there ready to go and vicario is still playing really really well um you know nothing too questionable and you know in his first season in the premier league um but it's just that center back partnership you know having royal in there for a couple games um yeah uh, ben Ben davies is serviceable yeah yeah, it was no, it was no backline to write home about. That's for damn sure. Davies looks competent next to Romero compared to Dyer, and maybe that, um, yeah, maybe that was the the way they should have gone the whole time. Dyer got a lot of love under Conte and Mourinho for God knows why, but uh, Romero with a questionable challenge could have been red again. That dude's a nut. Like, what what is wrong with him, dude? <laughs> I I can't tell you he's brain dead back there. That was he, that was just like the most like like uh, what's he just the, got back from a three game suspension and he goes right. in there like that with a three zero lead. He's like, hey, 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 it's that's, that's like that's like uh, that reminds me of like the the Mike on story um, with Jose Mourinho at Inter where they said that like every year Mike on would make sure he got his fifth yellow right before the holiday games because uh, Italy has a two-week break over over the break. And so he could go home early back to Brazil for, for like <laughs> too early for the holidays. And, and, and Marino told him, he's like, he's like, Hey, if you don't get a yellow, but you score, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll still let you go. And he's like, you just gotta get a goal. And he's like, okay. So he goes and gets a goal, but then he gets like a yellow on the celebration, and so he still gets suspended <laughs> anyway. He just uh, guaranteed it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just, just, yeah. That's that's great. Yeah, Who was yeah, that player? Yeah. What did you say his name was? Uh, Mikan. So he's not he's not on my list. Uh, we'll talk about that stuff later. But yeah, outside back for for Inter in Brazil, like just an absolutely fantastic player. Probably a little overlooked, um, even on the Inter team. Um, who had like Javier Zanetti and stuff like that. So, yeah, that might be that might end up being a good top five that we could do next is top five head cases in football. Yeah, we could. We could get like fun with uh, with the list. It'll have to be positions, just like best goal scorers, best whatever. Like, yeah. Yeah. I did want to say too, I think it made a big difference that Sar is back and healthy. I think we all underestimated when he went out. That Basuma Sar partnership, I thought. Jimmy, you would disagree? No, I was just saying, like, it sucks that you guys are, you're just now getting him back because you guys are going to lose him for like a month. Oh, yeah, it's AFCON. It's him and Basuma, him, right? Him and Basuma. Oh, Basuma for Mali, yeah. Mali should get yeah. knocked out early, is the, uh, the one saving here. <laughs> <laughs> Basuma's know, man. so good, F- man. Yeah, AFCON's crazy, though. Like, I, if, if I, can, I, I wanted to check, I think Paramount's covering it but i will be definitely getting some midweek afcon games don't you like 
Don't you worry about that. You know, you should give me a heads up when they're on because I don't naturally look towards that. So I would like it's to middle middle of January. I think I was just talking about that a lot. I think it's Paramount is okay. got it, but I got to look to see who's got the race. Either I, I know it's not Peacock. Yeah. It's either ESPN or, or Paramount, I think. Hmm. All right. Uh, yeah. Any other questions about Tottenham? I I don't even – oh, we play, we play this weekend. Oh, Forest. We play Forest next. Oh, that's on Friday. So it's Forest away, which is definitely a little tougher, but hopefully we uh, – Force Matt Turner to the bench again and put like six on his head. <laughs> Is he back in the starting lineup? He was, yeah. He started last week and played well. Oh well, yeah, played well. He enough played well and a tie against Wolves. He had a couple of nice saves, so yeah, he's back. Oh, okay, it was a dog fight out there, dog. Uh, it's a dog fight out <laughs> there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Let's go, Slonina. But let's move on to the uh, to the you know, top place in the table among us three to the Aston villains. Jimmy, let's, let's hear what you have to say about your squad. Oh, uh, I mean, like what a week, right? I think that I said, and I probably said, it, you know, like with too much uh, Kool-Aid in my veins last week, but you guys asked like, what would be like a, a great week, like the outcome. And I said, if we took four points, like that would be fantastic. And that was even a little aggressive considering the teams, the game on Wednesday, and I'm I'm going to put the asterisk on the front is you know that's that's Man City yes and yes they have a deep bench and whatnot but that was Man City without Rodri, without uh, um, Jack Grealish, with a uh, with a already injured Holland, um, so I like I I t- and, and no De Bruyne right like. I take all of that with a grain of salt. That, that is a different team with all those guys in the lineup um, and healthy. Um, no, no, I'm sorry, no Doku either, and he's been electric all year. Um, but still, if uh, I, I, you know, I say that on the ass on the on the front end, but Villa outside of that absolutely bossed that game. It wasn't just like we got lucky, smash and grab. You know, we played park the bus for uh, you know 85 minutes, and then we like, snatched one at the at the death. Um, no, we went uh, just like Man City had 54% of the possession, which is barely you know, more than 50 50. Um, it was uh, they only had two shots and both of them on target, and that was in the first 10 minutes. And so the last 80 minutes of the game, they didn't have a single shot. Uh, whereas Villa had seven shots on target, 22 total shots, which is the most at Pep's uh, uh, Pep Man City team has ever given up in a game. Um, we equaled them in touches, equaled them in passes, equaled them in tackles, clearances. We only had six. They had 29 clearances. We had six corners. They had zero. They were offsides five times. Um, and then, you know, pretty even foul count in the yellow cards. Like, we absolutely bossed them. It wasn't, it wasn't just like a close game. We dominated them. And the goal that we got like uh, was a deflection. Yeah. But it was deserved. Leon Bailey was the best player on the field. Um, which is crazy to say because there's lots of good players on city. Right. But uh, that, that felt great. You know, that one was great. And I, uh, um, I enjoyed that one. But uh, after that, I was like, you know, I feel like the letdown's coming, right? Like Arsenal's coming to town and we're coming off a high. Everybody's like mentally and physically exhausted. And this is where I'm going to insert my story and my may couple for Jake. Um, Saturday at, uh, 1230. Um, I was not watching Villa Arsenal. I was in Chicago with my wife at the art museum, seeing the Picasso exhibit. So I uh, 
I did not get to watch the game in real time. I watched it uh, when we got back to the hotel later, but um, I gave Jake uh, – not. I don't think it was on the podcast. I think it was just via text. We gave him some shit uh, the other week because he couldn't pod because he was taking his wife to the Nutcracker. And <laughs> I gave him I gave him that shit for that. So I'm um, I'm here to uh offer my mea culpa and uh admit and eat, eat eat my crow for giving you shit for that. Um <coughs> anyways, so I didn't oh, watch it in real but, quick go ahead. quick quick question about the, the city match. Do you think Grillish got that re- that yellow card in the suspension so he wouldn't have to play you guys? No, I think he would have wanted to play. Yeah. I think yeah, I think so. Like I think that it's very, very soon, especially with Villa's success, if they continue success this year, that Grealish is going to want to come back and, like, try to put him down to, like, prove a point. Like, is, like he likes being, like, the, the golden son, if you will. Yeah. So he doesn't want our, uh, Villa to be successful without him. You don't think he'd want to no. come back? No, no, I don't think so. I, I don't know that he'd, like – I mean, He's a city saying, stand now. He sold his soul. I gotta say, out. He's, oh, he cards. looks like – were they guitar uh, uh dubai Abu Dhabi. yeah dubai yeah sorry um no i don't think he wanted to play so um and I, i'm not saying he wouldn't be welcome back ever i'm just saying that like right now he wouldn't fit in the unai emery system if that makes sense um but anyway so i didn't watch it in real time i did watch it later um the arsenal game right like we started out really strong kind of like we did against city um Again, Leon Bailey uh, making something happen, like just absolute, like incredible speed uh, gets down, gets to cut across McGinn. Little like, like he's the most athletic, unathletic looking person I've ever seen. Um, and but like he, he makes a little pirouette turn and just beats Raya real quick inside seven minutes. We got to go one nothing, Dreamland. But now we got to defend for, you know, 80, <laughs> 83 more minutes. Um, and honestly, like Arsenal, like we did not, we did not dominate Arsenal. We we did deserve the goal we got. Uh, probably more deserved it than the way Leon scored against City you know, a couple days before. Um, that having been said, like the rest of the game, Arsenal really bossed us. They had lots of opportunities. Um, Odegaard should have buried one. He had one from like the PK spot that like uh, um, in real play, um, he just telegraphed the shot and Martinez made the save. Like Martinez is incredible. He really is. Uh, the last two games, he's also been um, insanely good. A guy that you love to have on your team. You don't want to play, um, but you'd hate him if he was on anyone else's team. Um, fantastic. Uh, so they they held on. That you know they got the win. Uh, the controversy. I can't believe. Yeah, I can't believe you beat City and Arsenal back to back, and you're sitting. What are you? How many off the lead are you right now? Two two points off the lead and three points. That's like the first time since I think like Southampton in the '90s that someone has beaten the the one seat, the first place person, and then the next week beat the first place person. Oh, really? I didn't even know that. That's pretty wild. No, I mean, like, I mean, uh, you know, we're on. That, that made that was win number fifteen in a row at home, um, which is like fourth all time like streak. Uh, the best being twenty four games in a row, and not 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 uh, you know not undefeated. I mean winning. So um, 
the longest streak was by Liverpool, which was like 24. Um, I in, in order for us to get that, we'd have to be undefeated or we'd have to win every game at home until April. Um, so it just tells you how long that stretches. But to, for us to win 15 in a row at home with Arsenal and City also being in there, like it's just it's it's wild. It's uh, it's, it's kind of a crazy crazy accomplishment. Like, um, yeah, just Dreamland right now. It's like uh, I, you know. Anything is certainly possible, but like you know, the fact that we could be competitive in Europa League, Europa Conference League this year, and make a top four run, like as like could happen, like that's that's great. But like Mike said earlier, it is a incredibly competitive Premier League this year, where anyone can win in any week. So people drop points all the time. It's whatever team can stay the most healthy and be the most consistent is probably going to come out on top. But yeah, yeah, I'm dreamlander now, right? It's, it's been great. There you have it. Yes. So we're all, you know, 16 games in pretty good, better than some of the bottom dwellers. And I want to talk a little bit about relegation right now, because it seems like the picture is kind of getting set. Uh, Lutton nine points. Oh, you have one more thing, uh, Jake? Well, one more thing about that game. Uh, it was something that was brought up in the group chat even before that game. David Raya's ass. That was that might be one of the worst transfers of this season. That it's that a, dude, it's a that dude sucks. They could they could still say no, but clearly Arteta wants him. Like if it's uh you know, they're already talking about selling Ramsdale possibly in January. Like <laughs> let's talk about Arteta for a second because he's just a whiny little bitch. Can we all agree on that, or am I just coming at that from like a Tottenham fan perspective? I I, 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 I heard a whole thing. I heard a whole thing about how somebody said that like they were never an Arsenal fan; they were a fan of a different team. But like they respected Arsenal, like with uh, Wenger and stuff like that. And they're like, I they're like, no, I fucking hate Arsenal. Like, and it's because of Arteta. He is he's got like the fucking the worst like little man syndrome. He sucks. He's dude. so annoying. He's always got to complain about the refs. It's always something. Like it's always something. Shut the fuck up. It's time for him to shut up. I I feel like I hate Arteta the way Tyndall hates Klopp. Just the, yeah. like, the <laughs> antics. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was gonna yeah. say something, uh, but now it's completely escaping my mind. Not for the first time in my life. Words. Yeah, all right, let's move on. It'll come. All right, so relegation <laughs> zone. Uh, Lutton, Burnley, and Sheffield. Then Everton's above them on a technicality. Right now, if you added up their Fucking win total, it'd actually be above Chelsea. So I'd be like in 10th place. Continue. Yeah, they'd be in a great place, yeah. So then Forrest is kind of sneaking in there, but they got a five-point lead, like – how set is this relegation picture looking? Then Palace a little above then, then Burnmouth on a rush lately. Then Wolves seem fine. Chelsea seem fine. So maybe it's like Palace down. How long How long until Steve Cooper gets fired? And like the whole thing about like he put their two longest serving team members, including their club captain, out in the cold. Like they will be released like in January. Like he – both those guys and then all the other stuff that like their form, they've like won one game in 11 or something like that. Um, at what point do they come for uh, Steve Cooper's job? 
at what point did they come for Roy Hopkins' job? Um, there you go. You know, that's spouse has been super. In- <laughs> that's what I wanted to bring up. You you forgot one major team, Crystal Palace, and their manager Methuselah. <laughs> Fucking bums. He is old. Methuselah, they, that's a nice shout right there. They, the they, oldest man in the Bible. They made a meme. It was like this kebab shop uh, in England or whatever. And there was like some black guys in there like rapping or whatever. And they're having a good time. And then like they pan to the side. And looking in the window is this grumpy ass looking old woman. And they're like Roy Hodgson at Crystal Palace. <laughs> <laughs> so who gets fired first? Steve Cooper, Hodgson, or Ten Hag? Or... Mauricio Pochettino. What? Here's the thing: if you're if you're fucking Manchester, okay, yeah, you're disappointed by the Champions League. They had a tough fucking group, but you're fucking sixth place. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. Like, yeah. Who do you think and, you are right and, now? And and like, here's the other thing: like, and like, I know what they're talking about. It's not a toxic locker room because it's Ten Hag's file. It's a toxic locker room because he's doing the shit where like all those guys were like fucking fat cats sitting on their fucking contracts, not doing shit. And he like, he puts them on the cold and they don't like that. Like even fucking Rashford got like caught being fucking fat and lazy. And so he sat out the last two games. Like they, like if it, like they are so reflective of their lazy fucking piece of shit owners, like as a club, as an organization, if you don't think the ownership matters, you're fucking wrong. Like ownership a hundred percent matters. Like if you have shitty owners, you will have a shitty product. Like somebody called in an article they they uh oh, it's fucking Van Hall. Van Hall told uh, I think Ten Hag he said said don't go there. It's a commercial club. They don't care about soccer. They care about money. Like th- that's all it is. There's no heart from top to bottom. Everyone's over over fucking paid. Like egotistical. Nobody listens to anything. Like. No, there, there's not a coach in the world that could walk into that locker room and have it be okay with the locker room the way it is. So if he has to fucking clear shit out, then they're gonna have to do that. Like it's it's disgusting. Like they like that's a good. I love that rant entirely. Yeah, ownership matters. Ownership matters, and that's, that's such a good metaphor for the contracts they have of them being fat and lazy, getting these bloated contracts. They don't care at all. It's a commercial club. That's genius. I love it. Yeah, Glazers out, says the Manchester United faithful. Yeah. They uh but who's out first? Which coach Jake, which Potch, coach is getting fired? Potch. Potch. Yeah. That's Potch. my pick too. Just because that club's so fucking goofy. Like in the same way, in the same way that United's goofy, Chelsea's just goofy in a completely different way. Like, all right, I got I have three headlines, right, that I wanted to read. So we can get into this now, I guess, too. Poch wants to sign players in January. They've spent a billion dollars since Bowley took over. Uh, Bowley also used the same tactics at the Dodgers to sign Shohei Otani, if you guys haven't seen that. They deferred literally like $168 million. He's got like the Bobby Bonilla on steroids deal. I um, saw that today. That's mm-hmm. insane. Another $648 million in like – until 2045 or something. Yeah. Yeah, he's going to get $68 million Dude, a year after the contract's over. There's like maybe like eight clubs. So as, much, as rich as the Premier League is, there's maybe like eight clubs that are worth more than that entire fucking contract. Like clubs. Yeah. In the entire English structure, in the richest league in the world, there's only like eight clubs worth more than what they're paying fucking Shohei Otani. He bought another 
top eight Premier League club just in one player for the Dodgers. That's what that is. Yeah. yeah. Bully and don't then, give a shit. So the other headline is Chelsea players are rumored to want to leave. And it's like, too bad, you idiots. You sign those dumb long-term deals. And then the other thing I saw, and this has nothing to do with the club itself, with their diluted fan base. Um, sorry to Jay Saba from Boston. I saw Jay Saba. Tw- I was going to just yeah. say that. I saw him tweet yeah. on Twitter about Chelsea, and then I felt bad because for how much yeah. he shit on Chelsea. I, Maybe I like this at all, but... I like Jay. He's a, he's a good fan. I'm talking about just like the overly internet Chelsea fans. Someone brought one of their big fan accounts brought up. What would you guys think about us hiring Deserby? Fuck off. Fuck off. It's so, like, have you guys not learned your lesson? Like, it doesn't matter who you get from us. There's a reason why guys like Ben White are successful at Arsenal. There's a reason why Basuma is successful at Spurs is because they aren't on Chelsea. Oh, Cucurella, Cucurella sucks. He's on Chelsea. Caicedo sucks. He's on Chelsea. Like, it, it's just, it's ridiculous. The, the fan base is Even Connor deluded. Gallagher killed it with Palace last year. No offense to you, Jake. Yeah. He's on Chelsea. Stinks now. <laughs> Ludric, fantastic before he got there. He's on Chelsea. And that, that calls back to another thing that pisses me off about Brighton is Nicholas, Nick Jackson can't hit the broadside of a barn. Like, and he scored against Brighton like crazy, which is just irritating as shit. But, like, that dude. Also against Tottenham. Yeah. Dude's, dude's, well, that was the worst hat trick of all time. The worst. Not against Pillow. <laughs> I. Fuck you, Jimmy. <laughs> I can't stand, I can't stand that team and the weird ass fan base that they got on Twitter. It's just, they're, they're ridiculous, man. It's like, why? Like, have you not learned your lesson? Like, you just develop what you got. Like, stick with what you got. Potch acting like he deserves players in January. I mean, we usually play. do a uh, like a Tottenham segment, a Brighton segment, a Villa segment, and then a fuck Chelsea segment. It's pretty pretty standard issue for a for a pod these days. I like it. Thanks for thanks for uh, all that. That made me feel good. By the way, I think Steve Cooper is fired before anybody else. But that's that's <laughs> the end of my rant. Okay. Is the, yeah. I, I saw – is he almost out, you think, for real? I like They were, like, reporting that, like, uh, there have been talks, like, about, like, what expectations were going to be, like, over the next, like, couple games. Like, and if he's not able to turn it around, like, that, that's why I said, like, the, the whole gambit about putting out your club captain and, like, your other second longest serving Forest player is to kind of help clear the locker room. I know they've, like, mixed in a bunch of new guys, right, over the last – couple years they talked about like i think last summer they signed 22 guys which is an entire squad um i listen i like i get i get all that but like um it like at this point it's probably you know like another bad loss like he's done yeah isn't their wage bill crazy high they'd be i i think so i don't know i mean i'm sure everybody's overspending to stay in the premier league right yeah, of course. That's uh, that was their their attempt, but I, it was nice to see Maddie clean sheets back there. So we need somebody that's starting in a top tier league to be in goal for the USMNT. Jimmy don't care. Jimmy's Canadian. Yep. <laughs> watched. Right. Uh, you guys watch uh, Crapo or uh, I can't even pronounce his name properly. I apologize. Um, shit, the bed for LAFC. Against uh, Columbus, 
Sure did. That's Canada's that's can, that's goalie future right there. Uh, I I started that game, and as I like, right when I sent you guys that text, like maybe I'm maybe I'm predisposed to hate him, but the present the presentation is just shit. I hate watching it, and it's not. Again, it's probably a Euro snob thing. Like Columbus's fans, like the the Latino the Latino base supporters groups are fun. Like they're they're fun. Like the the ultra white American supporters groups, they just irritate the shit out of me. And I don't know what it is about it, but it's like that. It just goes back to the USMNT thing. Like I believe we will win, and it's like fuck, dude, that fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that chant has to go. That that chant has to die a hard, hard death. I, but casuals love it, so it's not going to die. It's going to stay. I believe. I, when I was a casual, I liked it. I'm sad to report, Jake. Jake the. All right, I mean, it's fine. But yeah, like I said, like it's just so. Like the MLS supporters groups, especially like in the predominantly white groups are just they're they're goobers i just can't get behind mls i know we're all euro snobs i need to make that euro snob tea eh. and i'm gonna do it i'm gonna make it and i'm gonna send you guys one i'm a, i'm a usl stand so i like one american league correct all, all of us do we're all usl people over here all right let's go to our top five list oh jimmy's got the old charleston battery hat on i was with you if you haven't uh, listened back to that episode, Jimmy got oh. ill, and then we uh, we talked anyway because we were at was, an Airbnb together. And we watched the craziest my, vampire movie you've ever seen in your life. That was my Jordan flu game. <laughs> All right, top five. So we're going fullbacks, which Jimmy yep. has informed me is both wingbacks and left and right back. Yep. So I, I was quick to scramble a list down. I've got a question right. about how uh, Levitard does it as well. Yeah. When you say a pick, does the other person always comment on it or you just kind of like move it really quickly on Levitard? It, it's usually it like depends. an art. It'll sometimes be like an argument, especially if it's Stu Gotts doing it. And they'll okay. say something like that's stupid. My list, Dano. It's my list. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So it can be just, yeah, whatever. Yeah. It whatever. can be, it can be, it can be really quick or you, uh, uh, or you can say something if you feel like you need to say something that that they didn't say when they were presenting the player, and that's fine. Otherwise, you just move it along. Or if it's like hard to feel about us just completely jacking his little little segment here. It's, uh, this is this is the internet, baby. Everybody jacks yeah. everything from everybody that's else. Right. So. That's right. It's the wild west there, Levitard. If you want to come after us, come and get us. It's, Please do not. That's a sports radio <laughs> staple for you. No, not enough people listen, Dan. <laughs> All right. Uh, who wants Helder. to start? OLIs. I'll go. Outside I'll go. looking in for those that don't know. Yes. Yes. For the uninitiated. Uh, I, I told um, Jake earlier that my list is a little bit of a mix of uh, head and heart. Um, the first one for me, I think it qualifies for both. So OLI number two, Alfonso Davies at 24 years old. All that he's already accomplished with, uh, um, you know, obviously playing in Germany, playing for Bayern Munich, which is the team in that league. Um, but also, you know, he's had some uh, moderate Champions League success. And, you know, he's he is the best player in CONCACAF. 
Um, got uh, Canada to a World Cup for the first time in 30 years. Um, you know, it's uh, he, he's he's absolutely absolutely class, and like I hope that he gets to make whatever move he wants to make next. Yeah, you know, I've heard legitimate rumors about Real Madrid being interested, so um, it'd be good for him. But yeah, number or my uh, number two, Alfonso Davies. And anyone that has to cover him turns into that Seth Rogen from Superbad. He's the fastest kid in the world. <laughs> he is so He's fast. He's watch. electric. Yeah. You want to go, Mikey? Yeah, I'll go. My uh, I'll go first. OLI is definitely recency bias. Just off the Richarlson pass alone, Pedro Poro been fantastic to watch. His first game as a Tottenham Hotspur, I remember thinking, "Oh shit." We spent a lot of money on this guy. He stinks. And now he's my favorite player. So, OLI number one. Or two. His initials are PP. That, they, they sure are. And I, I could tell when he plays against other teams, he gets under their skin so bad. They all want to just tackle him as hard as they can. Because he's a little fancy, they, uh, fancy out there. I didn't know until the when they played the other day that uh he was uh, another city academy guy we were talking about earlier is he really i did not even know this nope. shit i, I use spanish i thought he was uh came from la liga somewhere so um my two olis are from the heart kind of thing so uh my first oli is jimmy filerman um Another situation of like I knew he was on DCFC, but I tried to pay as little attention. De- as possible. Detroit City's Jimmy Fowlerman, yeah, you talking about my boy, yeah, yeah. I mean, Maryland Bobcats Jimmy Fowlerman, yeah, Maryland Bobcats Jimmy Fowlerman. It- yeah, no, yeah, for sure. I I, uh, <laughs> I I did see him when they played Gold Star when I was out there for that game this year, and yeah, he was cool, man. He like pulling off crazy stuff, but yeah, uh, DC, DCFC for sure. He uh, his combination with uh, Espinal on the left hand side is just fantastic. I love the way that dude plays. So, Oli number one, Jimmy Fowlerman. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna have similar lists. And Jimmy has exited the screen. We're left with the little Christmas scene at his house, little Christmas tree. Here he comes. Here he comes. Oh, Oli, uh, your second Oli, Jimmy. This one, this one hurts me because uh, I don't like him. Um, I don't think Mike has watch soccer long enough to have a true feeling about it. But uh, my OLI number one or my number two is uh, Kyle Walker. Um, Ew. Yeah, he was <laughs> fantastic. He was fun. He was fun early years with Tottenham and actually his sales kind of spurned some of the other ones that worked out for you guys. But um, and then you know, he's been the most consistent, longest serving member on that defense for all of city's success their dominance they you know his last name is walker we joke all the time about them being the white walkers like like he embodies city and all their success so he definitely deserves it and so kyle walker for me he's actually my uh my other oli as well but for different reasons like you said i came in after kyle walker left tottenham but i've always known he's a tottenham player i know it was a big sale for the club and I have admired him at City as a right back under Pep for all those years. So yeah, he was he was one of my LIs as well. But I couldn't put him in the top five because I never really experienced him as a hotspur. So what are we at five here? 
For me? Uh, no, my my lasso will lie. Oh. Yeah. It goes back to me. Yeah, I'm number five. <laughs> so uh, my lasso will lie is another uh, another one of my favorites. Uh, Edder Borelli played left back for El Paso Locomotive. Still plays left back for El Paso Locomotive. Um, sort of bounced around the Mexican League for a while. Like uh, Caretaro, Tigres, Atlante. And then he settled in at Juarez. And then uh, once he started to, to get a little bit older, uh, they they pushed him over to El Paso Locomotive under the same ownership group. Uh, he's been a stud for us here in El Paso, fan favorite. Um, wore the captain's armband when Yuma went out. Uh, angry, angry guy. Plays like it. Um, can sometimes get him in trouble, but he uh, he definitely doesn't hold his hands behind his back when he's talking to refs or other players that piss him off. Cool. I have nothing else to add. <laughs> have it, do, uh, do they have the schedule out for next year for USL? No, they did League One, but uh, they haven't done USL Championship. But You mean to tell me they know which teams are playing in it already? It's a little niece. <laughs> yes. <in there. laughs> yes. Nisa won't All know until right. legit. March, who's in the league, and whether there is a league. They don't even know yet. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I digress. Anywho, uh, number Maybe. five. For, number five for me was uh, – his name was mentioned earlier, so I giggled. But number five for me, a little, little bit uh, heart here, but part of some of the most successful club years uh, of anybody uh, in his position like for a career, but Gary Neville. Uh, with Manchester United, um, you guys he have to see a little bit in of positive it. light. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't mentioned in positive light earlier. No, yeah, he, what do? You, why are they, Why is there Dogie up there by Sonny? <laughs> um, yeah, obviously, like he is probably more famous in our like later generation as a pundit, right? But like uh, he was part of that class in '92, and. Um, for the longevity that he played, like what he meant to a lot of those early years and like his leadership in the later years, um, huge part of that success. Um, so yeah, I mean, Gary Neville, they're number five for me. The worst coach in Valencia history and the signal, the signal of the downfall of that club because, uh, Peter Lim owns Salford city with those guys, the class of 92 dudes. So he got that job as like a friendship thing because they do like real estate deals as well. Awful, awful, and a sign of the times for Valencia. Oh, yeah. He's a he was a terrible coach. He's actually pretty good in the media. Like you know, the, the even uh, they talked about that in the Beckham documentary, right? Like uh, Gary loves to talk. Yeah. <laughs> so I've got a little uh, another Maryland Bobcat here, Davy fucking Mason who was yes. left back before James Feilerman. Just got done with uh, a season in USL League One for Tormenta. I did see online that he did not get picked up for this upcoming season. So I don't want to see him back at the Bobcats. I want to see him in uh, USL proper, probably. I wish him the best. Speedy up that left side, putting in baller crosses. Number five for me. Davey fucking Mason. Love that dude. Davey fucking Mason, yep. So... My number five is probably some recency bias, but I, I just like the way he plays as uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold. Um, 
a uh, a Klopp disciple that sort of uh, more of a midfielder and attack kind of thing. He can also score goals. I believe he plays as a central midfielder for the English national team now. But uh, super talented guy. I love that he wears sixty six, and he's he's always fun to watch. I think that was in the last yeah. pod. You asked me if people are wearing higher academy numbers for for good now, right? Yeah, we talked about that, but yeah, I think uh, I think Jimmy was right. It's been it's been an Italy thing forever. I didn't I didn't realize it was an it was because of academies. I thought it was just because Italy let them do it. But from from what I understand, a lot of those guys are bringing up their numbers. Huh. Yeah. All right, James. All right, number four for me. Um, I, I mentioned again another name I mentioned earlier. Um, uh, played opposite uh, Mike Hahn, uh for a lot of those super successful um, years with uh, Inter Milan at the end of his career. Uh, but he was a starter for the Italian national team, or I'm sorry, uh, the Argentina national team, as well as playing for Inter Milan and some other uh, other clubs in Italy. Um, is Javier Zanetti. Um, absolutely fantastic, timeless player. Um, super embodied the, um, the the sort of will of those Mourinho uh, inter teams. Um, you know, when he won the Champions League there, um, that was the club that uh, our friend Brad Tyndall fell in love with when we were first like playing FIFA, and I, I got him to do all that stuff when we were living together in college. And uh, like he always played uh, with with Inter, and I always played with Valencia. Because they had David Silva and David Villa, and um, I can't remember who else at the time, but yeah. Uh, but Javier Zanetti, uh, that was a long diatribe. But yeah, Javier Zanetti <laughs> for me, number four. It's all good. No, I, I enjoyed the uh, the interlude there. <laughs> all right, uh, I got Udogi at number four off a of recency bias. I, they just signed him to a long long term deal just today, uh, so he's with us till twenty twenty nine. And I see why he looks fantastic at left back, number four. Like it. So my number four is Jose Gaia, a uh, a Valenista through and through. Um, he's had multiple chances to leave, and for some reason he hasn't. Um, I understand being loyal to a club, but being loyal to a club owned by Peter Lim is just asinine to me. I, I would have completely forgiven him for wanting to leave, but he stuck through it. Uh, and through his dedication to Valencia, I believe he's been sort of frozen out of the Spanish national team. I, I for for years now, I believe he's been better than Jordi Alba, but Alba had the Barca bias. Um, yeah, Jose Gaia, absolutely love watching that dude play. Loyal, super super loyal. It's a great shout. I still buy him when I play FIFA, even at his advanced age. Yeah, All right, number th- number three for me, um, German national team player. Uh, you know, so he's kind of it was uh, Joshua Kimmich before uh, Jose Kimmich like came into the league. Um, started as an outside back and moved into like center midfield, center defensive midfield later in his career. Uh, number three for me is Philip Lahm, um, a huge part of those like uh, older Bayern teams, um, Germany kind of like closer to um, some of their dominant years in the in the middle 2000s. They didn't win anything, but they were always super good. Um, 
defensively, just just a stalwart. Um, yeah, number three for me, Phil Lum. Nice. Yeah, I, I, as I was putting this list together, I realized I haven't seen that many like left and right backs. I, I just, my soccer history is just not that long. So my number three here is Kieran Trippier. When I first became a Tottenham supporter, he was the right back. And I got to be honest with you, I couldn't stand him. Thought he was brain dead. But the way he whipped in those crosses and had some just delightful free kicks, you know, he grew on me as a Tottenham supporter a bit. But then they sold him to La Liga, and now he's back in the league with Newcastle, and he has longevity there, and he's one of the best fantasy Premier League players out there. So I, I threw him on there. Kieran Trippier, number three for me. Um, so my next one is – as I've professed many times in this podcast and will continue to do so, I love the 2002 Brazil World Cup team. Uh, so my next one is Cafu, uh, played right back, absolute stud, um, stayed in Brazil for quite a while, moved to Roma, AC Milan, um, won pretty much anything you can win, um, two World Cups, 94 and 2002, uh, Confederations Cup, Copa Americas, the the guy was just an absolute stud. Most capped Brazilian player of all time, I believe. Um, fantastic player and just, like I said, part of part of that Jogo Benita squad. Yeah, um, fantastic shout. Uh, number two for me, um, I mentioned it uh, a couple episodes ago when we did center backs that he would appear for me on my outside backs list. Um, Italian great, AC Milan great. Uh, it's Paolo Maldini. Um, I think Jake talked about him in detail, but one of the best defenders I've ever seen. Uh, and the way he did it, the longevity that he did it at is is incredible. Yeah, you know, moving from outside back to center back later in his career helped him pace wise, but um, yeah, just just absolute class. Like yeah, so consistent, so solid. Uh, number two for me, Maldini. I've got a kind of a weird shout for number two. I think Jimmy's going to have a sour face on this one, but I got DeAndre Yedlin. Just always respected that he was a young guy playing in MLS, played in USMNT early, got into the Premier League, played at both Newcastle and Spurs, was back on the World Cup team in 2022 as a veteran player in Qatar. And I just always appreciated his toughness. I thought he was great right back, and I appreciate him for USMNT. That's why he's my number two. Jimmy. (laughs) Um, So my number two to continue the trend is Roberto Carlos. Um, Everything that I said about Kafu uh, applies to him. Um, But if you haven't seen the banana free kick, it is just absolute like magic, like it, like mind freak type shit. It just doesn't make sense that someone could strike a ball that hard with that much touch. Um, member of the Galacticos, just an absolute stud. Um, the only guy that could take David Beckham off of a free kick is Roberto Carlos because uh, he was that good. I love Brazil. Uh, yeah, I mean, we know. Um, I don't have to say much more. My number one is Roberto Carlos. Uh, the only person that could make uh, Cafu like uneligible for this list because as good as Kafu was like the best outside back for Brazil for all those years was Carlos. Um, 
Yeah, he he is an original Galactico, like which is pretty impressive to say considering all the the talent that's gone through uh, Madrid. But the the goal is iconic. I know that they've actually designed like um, like physics studies like around the goal itself. Like they've done like investigations, like multiple camera angles, all sorts of stuff, like wind resistance, all that. Like they use it for scientific research. Um, the ability to make it do that. Like it's, uh, they talked about like mathematically, like how like perfect it like has to be. It's, it's a wild, um, document. I think it was a documentary I saw anyway. Um, yeah. Number one for me, Roberto Carlos, he's just absolutely insane. I saw something where he's, he's older obviously now. Right. But he is a little out of shape and he's had like calf issues later in life, but like he could still like, he hit like a like a volley, super sweet, and like a pickup game um, in Brazil. So he he can still do it. And it's it's fun. Yeah, yeah. He had like a twenty yard run up on that ball too, which is just insane. Like the the guy's amazing. So my number one has been shouted out earlier is Jimmy's OLI, Alfonso Davies, best left back in Concacaf. Amazing to watch for Bayern. So fast, so strong. Terrifying up that left side. You gotta love Fonzo. He doesn't even play defense for Canada either. <laughs> it's like the David Alaba thing. Um, yeah, yeah. So my number one is I went with Paulo Maldini. Um, just probably the the greatest defender, regardless of position ever. The guy was amazing, and uh, we've we've talked about him several times on the on the show. But the quote remains the same: is you know. He, if I have to make a tackle, I've already screwed up. The the guy was just perfect. Well, there we are. Rants. Oh, I already ranted. Yeah, the, the Chelsea thing was mine. Well, leaving me on the spot here. Uh, oh, here, I'll give you something. Okay. As I said in the text message, El Paso Locomotive – uh, is going to win the USL championship trophy this year. Um, just book it. If you want to place your bets, place hey, your bets. The, no, the guys, huh? Well, Mike and I can guarantee you a championship visit out of nowhere. Cause we just happened to go to a Charleston game this year and they went on to at least make an appearance and hosted the final. I'll, t- I'll um, tell Jake what, if Jimmy and I don't get there during the championship run, if they win this year, this upcoming year, I Promise that we will go to an a, a, a locomotive game. Promise. Oh, I thought you. I thought you were about to do the that African pastor thing where he's like, "If you get to heaven and you don't see me, you are not, or you are in hell." <laughs> like, if if we don't go, they aren't winning. Um, they they signed rival. New Mexico, excuse me, New Mexico's United's best player, Armando Moreno. We signed a defender from the collapsing San Diego Loyal, a defender from Miami. We signed a striker from Miami, Luis Rivas. Uh, I think we have like three El Salvadorians on the team now. Um, And then we just signed Justin Dillon, who was like, who's like a super duper target man striker who played for San Antonio. Um, They're doing everything right this year. I'm so, so happy. Um, it was so irritating for the longest time. They tried to be so fancy with it and sign guys from like the Malton second division and shit like these Eastern block dudes 
or guys from like Scandinavia and they bring them down to play summertime football in El Paso, Texas. And it's like, they just, it's not a recipe yeah. for success. It's a hot get, place. Get guys that are either CONCACAF or from CONCACAF nations or have played in U S leagues, which they're doing now. All the guys they've signed are USL championship blooded. I'm so excited. We're going to win the trophy. I believe again. I wonder, yeah, this could be a, a topic for another day. And maybe this is my rant. Someone can just look up for me. I mean, that'd be great. Uh, he, how often do USL League One like top players get signed right up to championship squads? Like, are they looking? Are they signing a lot of League One talent at this point? I I wanted Amon from uh, crap. I can't remember where he played, but he was like the top scorer I, in League One. I wanted I, him, I, and he went to Ballsack Republic. I would want to see like my, the the if you if I wanted to have like one specific statistic on that Mike it would be what is the percentage of roster retention year over year for USL any uh, of those clubs like USL one or USL championship what yeah. is the percentage of players that you retain year over year because it is like it is nomadic in 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 culture right like even yeah. guys that we thought were playing well like bruno lapa for birmingham ended up going to memphis this year like yeah. like guys just move jake right? dangler like, davy mason kazaya sterling tormented just let it go back to the roster yeah. like, holy shit that, i that i honestly believe editive man i honestly believe like the light like if you took like an average of like players on teams i think it's got to be like 1.5 year average type thing here here's the that thing would be surprising. I don't think it's flippant to say, but there is like, you know, college soccer, like for whatever I might feel about it and like the way it fits into the rest of the world for what it means to like uh, leagues like USL and um, all of the like USL two all the way up through USL championship. The it, it like the ability to feed into that, like outside of just the South American and Mexican and uh, other North American players. I think that like, it's so like close competitively for a lot of those guys that like there's only like you know a handful of guys that really stand out that like all right we're gonna keep you everyone else is just like a cheap turnover to like all right what's the next guy's gonna come in and make thirty thousand dollars a year this year and have to live in like a uh you know um like yeah, a, shared like, housing. Uh, yeah shared housing yeah. So um, situation the players too you have to think too they're in their early to mid twenties maybe even late twenties and they're starting to think, you know, maybe the soccer is not going to work out as a long-term career. So they're dropping like flies as well. Yeah. It's a crazy, it's a high turnover uh, industry in the division two and three of, of the American soccer pyramid, which stinks. Well, that, uh, that guy for the, the kicker for the Cowboys, they keep trying to say he was an MLS guy and like he was signed by Toronto, but he spent his entire career in USL. So, What's try his to name take, again? Try to take credit for that. Uh, Aubrey. Aubrey. And what's, what's his USL club? Uh, he played for Toronto FC2 and Bethlehem Steel. Which oh, he's a steel became, product. Became Philadelphia Union 2. Huh. But he's a, USL, he's a USL guy. MLS trying to take credit for that. Bullshit. Hmm. All right, folks. It was so nice for you to let us in your ear holes. If you want to let us in your ear holes once again and in the future, I've never said this before on the podcast in 148 episodes. 
subscribe and tell your friends. I've never asked for much. Please do it. Goodbye. Tell our data. Stop crying. Tell our data. Stop whining. Tell our data. Make a tactical switch. Instead of crying on every post game interview like a little bitch. Stop whining. You too, Jurgen Klopp.